0: yeah sound music is great um i don't know how do, how do you want to start off our podcast though <laughs> now that we've had this rant this film rant. welcome everybody welcome if you're just joining us uh, we've been ranting about film and filmmaking and um which is quite fitting for today because we have a wonderful and illustrious conversation with um one of rebecca's dear friends Shar joiner but before we get into that welcome to the podcast imperfect i'm kara bartek
1: and I'm Rebecca Nisco, and um, yeah, I mean, I really, I don't want to spend too much time talking because you just, I want you guys to get into this episode. It really was such a special, special conversation for me and for Kara. And yeah. I, this conversation reminded me a lot of the conversations that Shar and I have all the time in school, sitting in the hallways outside of our rooms. Like we would just like get into these really <laughs> deep conversations, and um, I learn something every time you know so I, I take away something and i i know our listeners will be able to take something away from everything that char has to say so without further ado we haven't said that in a really long time but we <laughs> um we hope you enjoy uh this episode featuring composer Shar joiner
2: I'm Shar Joyner. I am a film and video game composer, and I am currently based in Charleston, South Carolina. Woo-hoo. <laughs> so lovely.
1: Thank you for coming on. We are, th- we are thrilled. Shar is a really close friend of mine, and we met at the very beginning of Freshers Week because I heard wow. an American accent behind me, and I whipped <laughs> so fast. <laughs>
2: She's not exaggerating. Wow. I, her hair moved, and, and you had just had a haircut, so it wasn't even yeah. long. Was, <laughs> was, at first, I was startled because, like, my fear was them hating because of my American accent. Oh no! <laughs> so it was great. To at least have one positive to start off with. <laughs> But honestly, yeah. the rest is history. Like the rest really was history. We just like immediately clicked from like shady eyes at each other during <laughs> class. We were good for that.
0: Yeah, i have been more bummed I'm not <laughs> fly on the wall. I would have loved to see the looks.
2: <laughs> honestly, it would have just been a it would have been a triangle of like shady eyes. We had to like sit <laughs> across and away from each other, and it didn't help. Like mm-hmm.
1: we made it worse. It in fact. Not,
2: yeah, I really did. Could better line of sight. Gotta <laughs> do it. One of the most iconic moments of orchestration happened with one of the former guests of this podcast. Oh, <laughs> oh god we oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> there's, like, there's like a funny thing him and Ollie would do when we were hanging as friends. Mm-hmm. And there's like one time we were sitting in class and it was like, I don't know how, because it was like a U-shaped class, but somehow between me, De- me, Rebecca, and Darrell had like eyesighted each other and something happened and like the teacher said something, and he did the face oh, where wow. he was about to say the word. And there was a rap. So like we're like, we lost all composure. And then Enrique's like, what's so funny? And I was like, oh man, we're. And expelled great we're gonna get sent home our parents are gonna kill us because of the realm, thinking he's so funny yep <laughs> that was, that was the, one of the best moments <laughs> like...
1: truly iconic moment wow for comfort screen <laughs> we like to usually start at the beginning we'd love to know like how you got into music um and what inspired you to pursue music as a career and then how did you get into composing and then film composing
2: okay i want to say it's like one of my favorite stories to tell because it's about myself but i think it's my favorite because it's about the people around me mm-hmm. um how i got into music um so rebecca has heard like millions of stories about my millions of cousins i have so many they're cousins. my favorite stories and, so many and i've about... met some of them on via <laughs> the <laughs> facebook yes she has <laughs> like <laughs> like she really has like it's like one you know, percent of them honestly and so we all live like in the same area wow. so I went to school just surrounded by family which was honestly you know, like one of the best I think experiences of mm-hmm. like my childhood was just having that connection and so in certain pockets I'm the young oldest but one in this specific pocket it's like I call we call them the Lawrence clan mm-hmm. um they are older than me the youngest is One grade level both, but like a year and a half. It's just how the birthdays felt. Right, right,
0: right, yeah. She's
2: older than me. And so as they were going through like school, you know, I I'd be, like a little tiny runt of the litter, like running up, uh, running up after them, you know, and they were like, they never got annoyed with me. They're so great. And then I saw them playing violin. Um, and I was just like, oh, they're doing that. That looks really cool. I want to join the violin. Now what I, what I didn't pay attention to, but I knew they did. Our school also had a steel drum band. Now mm. I was just like, I'll play violin. Everyone else in my grade wants to do steel drums because they're cooler, but I'm okay doing violin. Little <laughs> did I know. But like, I was very happy, though. I was like, little did I know, though, uh, my teacher, uh, Linda Versperle, she's just phenomenal. She's still teaching today, just making fans of phenomenal musicians. Um, But so I went and then I kind of just kept practicing plucking in guitar position, you know, open (laughs) G With the violin. Oh, I love it. (laughs) Oh, yeah. That's how they start. Oh, so great. You know, how many times can you play hot cross buns on a different instrument? The world will never know. Oh my god! Essential elements. Thanks a lot. But so I went through, and honestly, I'd be like on my because I was like performing well. Um, she had me first start with the brake drum. And if you ever see a car where the wheel goes around it, the little metal thing, they had that as a drum. So it wasn't exactly oh. a steel drum, but it was a part that kept the rhythm, like just like a most a lot of steel drum bands have a, like a drum set keeping time. Right, and right. she like literally she debuted me with the like the high level steel drum band and my cousins all playing like on the break drum like I get oh my face is getting hot thinking about that now in front of the whole school and honestly I just kept following from there so once I got to seventh grade Mr. Sprillie she left to go teach at a at the high school uh, at Kane Bay, um, Go Cobras. Although that's not my high school, um, so <laughs> I decided. Uh, I I respect them though. I just love all the high schools in my community now. I want them all to thrive. Oh, um, so sweet. I I went through. Um, she left, and after that, it was me in seventh grade, Ella in eighth grade. She's the youngest, Lawrence. Mm-hmm. Um, she decided to like march with hand to hand our high schools mm-hmm. band. Uh, under the illustrious Dr. Gretchen Bowles, um, and she's very, very important to, like, why, I'd, like, do music today, mm-hmm. um, and so when Ella did that in seventh grade, you know, I was, like, playing flute, like, you know, trying to, like, somehow get through a measure without, like, passing out, crazy, <laughs> crazy concept, <laughs> um, and honestly, our be- middle school director at the time, uh, John Spittler, he was, like, shark, you're kind of the only person trying in this class and if only <laughs> you knew I was I was a high key part of the riffraff I was just really good at not getting caught I'm gonna mm-hmm. be honest <laughs> I, was, I was not an angel <laughs> but <laughs> I like, think Rebecca will tell you listen I'll like I'll set in emotion I'll just like step back quietly I was not innocent <laughs> you I really that. will <laughs> like, oh my god he said what you know what it's, <laughs> it's, like, it's not changed <laughs> but he decided you know he was like i want you to play with the high schoolers and i was like sir do you understand i'm in eighth grade he was like no trust me trust me i think you can do this so literally after middle school would end, our school ended before the high school did he would literally drive me across the bridge to the high school I would sit in the band room waiting to like march and honestly marching band is really what got solidified so how had I gotten to film music I did marching band for five years um and I started doing leadership in the marching band starting with flute section leader when I was a sophomore so Mm. for those who who don't know marching band the ultimate leader outside of the band director is called the drum major they're the ones who stand on the podium and conduct the band as they're on the field like with the score memorized which is insane um and so when i i my friends called it like sophomore year they're like sure going to be a drum major and i was like don't wish that on me why would you do that <laughs> so sarah if you're listening thanks a lot um but i did end up auditioning and getting drum major and when i wanted to practice the um the patterns of like conducting four four three four two four i conducted two film scores I practice with yeah. especially prior to the Caribbean helped me get a great sense of, <gasps> oh, of like three four yeah, uh, Alan, yeah. uh, Alan Silvestri's Avenger score is what yeah. I use to practice like four four and big four and big twos as well. and I got so hooked. so my next thought was I'm gonna be a musician and a pet. No. I might be so you gotta practice even more. And I was like, okay, back to the drawing board. I don't want to that much. Um, hate sight reading. Um, and then as I graduated high school, I was like, Okay, I'm gonna go in uh, for music education um because I wanted to conduct. I just really loved the feeling of conducting. And then, you know, I got through like my first year of college and I was like, okay, I can can't right. decide all right I got to the second <laughs> my sophomore year where we had to like actually like be in front of the students to kind of take over like neighboring schools kids and I'll be honest I hated every moment of it mm-hmm. like the thought of being in a classroom until I retired was the most claustrophobic mm-hmm. feeling I've ever had and the sad mm-hmm. thing is those kids those kids were amazing mm-hmm. they were great kids they cared mm-hmm. they all wanted to join their band when they like and at the end of the semester and I was like they don't deserve this mm-hmm. I I they deserve someone who like wakes up every day wanting to just like inject them with the love of music, <laughs> but <laughs> but I remember. <laughs> I remember my freshman year of college, there was like this class, and like I just kind of blocked out most of the class from memory, but there's one part where they had us do a team comp- composing assignment. And so they put the three flutes together in the class. Uh, Jamie, Janine, Daria, to be fair, the piece we wrote, slapped, not gonna mm. lie. I played, I think, alto flute, we loved it. But I also did think, I would have so much fun doing this by myself. Mm. <laughs> And so, yeah, yeah. And so and what a coincidence the teacher of that class was the area leader for composition
0: wow so I auditioned yeah,
2: awesome. I made a portfolio and I worked I went through like the beginning composition classes because I could take that class without auditioning mm-hmm. and then after that you know they pulled me in and I was like how would I want to do this I was like I knew I wanted to remember like that feeling of conducting to the Pirates of the Caribbean score of conducting to the you know Avenger score I was like I wanna write film music. So my interview for them, they said, you know, well, how do you see composition being your career? And I was like, I wanna write film music. And they said, you know, they are uh, they asked the real questions. They're like, you know, you do know this is a very challenging field. And I was like, I that's not a that's not a factor. I mm. want to write film music mm. and I will get there and so you know I did like five years then told my undergrad to make up the undergrad yeah. composition private lessons um and then you know I accidentally got into RCM crazy stuff like, not you happy. Know, I can't I remember no I swear I remember like you know making I had like this spreadsheet it was a beautiful spreadsheet a good, a spreadsheet. good spreadsheet with yeah. Formula.
1: Oh, my grad school spreadsheet was color coordinated. Yeah. that's the most I
0: could do. <laughs> oh, but Honestly, there's so much more.
2: That's like it matters. It's it's a magical world, it just does your life for you, and that's what yeah. I love about it. Yeah. I'll yes. put the effort in the beginning, and I do nothing else after. <laughs> so I had this like I had like 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 10 like sheets in this book, the spreadsheet, mm-hmm. um, of different colleges. But one 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 composer stood out to me, Gustav Holst. He just like Everyone's like, oh, well, he's mainstream. Dude, I don't care. I have never resonated with someone's music the way I resonated with his. I literally have a tattoo of Mars on me. <laughs> uh, my thing is, I remembered like the first like the first time I stepped foot in a UNCG concert, it was collage. And they I didn't know this. I knew nothing about a lot of things in classical music. I was just like a fresh baby there mm. and the, there's one piece and this is a little, this is gonna go back in time so at UNCG that first concert this whole hodgepodge concert they played a mellow they played the orchestra played a piece and it was something that I couldn't remember until like it, they played I didn't know what the title was it was Jupiter why did I know Jupiter it was the very first show I marched wow. at in high school Aww. in high school or eighth grade it was a what very a like the Jupiter course yeah, yeah. I Vow to Be My Country was the co- the, the second movement, the chorale movement of our marching show, my first year. And I was just like, I'm supposed to be here. I look at RCM where he studied. I looked at like all the prolific film composers. I was like, I don't know how on earth I'm going to compete with people who've had private lessons their whole life. And I don't know how I'm going to compete with people who can like, you know, do music theory in their sleep. But I'm going to shoot my shot. And so I did, I mean, I applied other places, uh, but like I just knew this was a school I would risk it all for. And when I got like fun fact, Vasco like totally emailed me before the school let me know I was in. Like he got there by 30 minutes. I was just like, and then when I met him, I was like, I respect this even more. They <laughs> did it. But I got in, and honestly, it just it changed my life. It changed the way I thought about myself and myself as a musician, like two separate entities. Yeah. And it was in a way that I needed it to be changed mm-hmm. if I wanted to even survive and love and continue to love what I do in this industry. Yeah.
0: I love so that's that. how I
2: started in music and then story. got through here.
0: I love that. and I love. <laughs> Thank you. It's so special to to have like I think a lot of people we've had on the show, and I think it's more like my sensibility as who I am as a person is. A lot of people who, like, fell into what they were doing. But I love that. And and not that, but you had, you were so purpose-driven from such a young age. But I love also that you, like, were determined to, like, do that kind of research about the people you admire and see, like, what school they went to. And then that, like,
2: I think that's wonderful. Thank you. Like, I was like, how do I, I can't really get a poster signed because he did. So what's the (laughs) next best thing? (laughs) Going to his school. (laughs) you know <laughs> yeah, but honestly I, it really was yeah
0: yeah no, i think i think that it just reminds me of like how much mentorship can mean to people even if you don't even know yeah. that
1: i think it's telling i mean like you and i both started in music education i think mm. there was a part of us that wanted to give back to what was given to us like we mm-hmm. wanted to influence other people the way that our music teachers did for us
2: we just have to get creative in the way it can yeah. be like the the run-of-the-mill not that teaching is in any way one of the mill y'all yeah. even outside of this panini going on yeah. y'all god it, yeah just, i don't know how you guys do it you know
0: it, <laughs> right i mean i did it and i don't even know how people
2: do it like yeah it, it, I've, I've asked my band director, is she still says she don't know? (laughs) She still says it. I was,
0: I was now wondering after that, after, after finding out about how you got into doing film composing, how did you, what was it like doing your first film? How did you approach that? And then how has your process changed? Like or refined since then from your very first one?
2: Boy has my (laughs) has i have i been refined since my first film <laughs> um my first film was actually it was a documentary mm. by the illustrious director Aaron schindel decker mm. it's kind of spelled like schindel like schindler's list and then decker yeah, yeah Deutsch. Like that yeah. um yeah mm-hmm. yeah um he like i met him because my best friend, one of my best friends from undergrad sarah mice um i have a lot of sarahs in my life to be clear. <laughs> um she um she was a theater major and then she double majored in media studies um mm-hmm. as an editor a film mm-hmm. editor and nice. so i was like well what if i wrote music for film and she connected me on this project that she was working on and aaron was the director it was like a disc. A disc golf uh documentary about North Carolina. um mm. I don't know mm. anything about disc golf. I'm, re- I- I'm here to do the music. I don't, know to <laughs> I don't know how to play it. But it was a really cool multi. Multi chapter project that actually ended up going to, I think, uh, a Virginia film festival. So I didn't nice. even realize how big it was then that yeah. I even had a film go to a festival. But when I tell you, I had no clue what I was doing <laughs> with that at all. I was just here having a good time. Mm-hmm. I was like, he said, All right, I need this piece to be like three minutes. Okay. I was just having a great time. Luckily, it turned out, you know, pretty decently, and it ended up fitting the, the documentary very well. Mm, mm. Um, but, but spotting like you know cues, mm-hmm. uh, no, uh, mm-hmm. no, 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 I knew nothing about that. Mi- mixing, <laughs> <Cold> <laughs> no. No, 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 none of that was like, even in my palette whatsoever. Mm-hmm. But honestly, I still, it still ended up turning out well. I think I don't think it was quite luck, but I do think my enjoyment just came through enough that it worked out very well. And so that was like one of my pieces that I submitted. And then- uh, when I got to RCM oh god I remember practical skills uh Mike you're great but I was sitting in the back of that class I would be me and Siobhan would write down our uh, I was like we were writing down our questions in our notebook and we would like, go up to him after class and ask because I was like I don't want to ask what a stem is in front of everyone and they look at me like how'd you get here you know <laughs> I don't know <laughs> Surely, and so yeah. like we I took it at first I knew when I saw how much it seemed like I didn't know. I knew I could easily get overwhelmed. So I was like, listen, sis, to myself, if you learn one new thing a day, just one new thing and internalize that and understand it and can keep applying that each day after that, we're doing okay. We're Mm -hmm. doing, I will get caught up. And honestly, that's that's how I apply, like take everything. I was just like one step at a time. I can't, you know, my mom always says, you can't put the end before the beginning. Mm -hmm. And so I literally... I just did it one baby step. And before I knew it, when it was time for our practical skills exam, um, yay, red Joan! <laughs>
0: uh, <laughs> that little smile
2: yeah. Sure yeah. That film. <laughs> okay okay without us like you know with in the bag it's really great <laughs> you just watch it um but honestly i realized how much i learned just in that term you know oh wow like now i know how to export stems i know a little bit more about mixing now mm-hmm. i know how to treat make the, my libraries you know I, I knew so much and at that point that's honestly how I felt like every term at RCM it was like the next term I was like god I don't know anything again and then you just one day at a time take one new thing and keep reapplying it and that's how I would get to like feeling like my head was above water again
0: yeah mm-hmm. I so are easy
2: times I was drowning easily <laughs> but I got back up
0: yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah I I I love what your mom that advice that you shared from your mom that's so great
2: oh yeah She says that to me like once a week. She's like, why you always want to know the end? And I was like, she's like, you need to stop reading the end chapters of books. And I'm just like, no, then don't write it till I get it. Shar will
1: look up the ending to a movie before she finishes <laughs> watching the movie or tv series like she told me she looked up the ending to squid game before she's I'm like no <laughs> like-
2: to be to be clear though it was still just a stressful yet one of the best things i've ever seen
1: yeah honestly. i mean i get why you did it because you wanted to see how like gory it was and how like like it, it,
2: I mean it was... that's part of it but I was like I'm not getting attached I won't get it t- I'm not doing it I didn't <laughs> want to get attached I was like I won't do this I was like I'm not gonna say I was innocent in this I I knew what I was doing
1: I knew <laughs> if it we, if we're watching a <laughs> film together in real time she'll be asking me questions she's like does he die and I'm like sure I'm not
2: telling you <laughs> last oh, yeah, samurai last oh, samurai, samurai. Wa- oh yeah no I was not having it <laughs> she took my phone <laughs> Rebecca took my phone <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely a purist as well, but I understand. I, You know, it's interesting, like, my mom will read the ending of stuff before she gets to it, and she's an avid reader, and I, I, I kind of get it because you can understand what the author is, like, doing. You know, like, constructing. You can understand what the filmmaker is constructing before you get there. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of cool. I feel like You know, and I guess at the same time, it kind of makes me used to our industry. It's like, if we're working Mm -hmm. on a project, it's not going to be, it can't be a surprise. We got to know Mm -hmm. how the music affects it. So, you know, I think a lot of people, who are just like, well, how do you keep doing this product? Like, it's nothing really great to you then. I was like, no, nah, I still enjoy it, I just enjoy it in a different way. Mm-hmm. Like, now I can see, ah, I can see how this thread, this like plot thread is happening here, and then this one's going on mm-hmm. over there, <laughs> and like, ah, that's how they meet up. Like, honestly, I so I still find weird ways to enjoy it, and Not I don't sure, watch, yeah. Every I don't check every ending. I don't check Jerry, every ending. Jerry, 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 um, no, definitely didn't like. I unfortunately did not get Endgame spoiled for me, and now I, I really do wish I did. That was hard. That hard. That hurt. Yeah. Yeah. Endgame yeah. hurt. <laughs> Still.
1: There's this great quote from when Harry met Sally, and it's when Billy Crystal says, "I always read the last page of a book, so if I die the next day, I know how it ended." <laughs>
2: I just see there we go that's my <laughs> that's my justification I'm not gonna leave anything unfinished I'm not leaving anything unfinished
1: I admire that I do yeah, I get really. it like I get Thanks. it I do get it
2: <laughs> but I also get that you like to watch my reactions though I <laughs> like, do love like, it I, that I am that. Surprised. like Honestly, between you and then my friend Sarah Mize, yo, like, Sarah's, like, <laughs> watching me watch things and that she's already seen, too. And I'm yeah. just like, why must you do this to
0: me? <laughs> We're, like, talking about, like, um, kind of seeing how stories come to an end and then, like, looking back while you're watching through it. But do you think, do you, is music the same way? Do you gleam something from the ending of a piece or even, like, a film score? Does it change how you see the beginning of it? or even in your own writing.
2: Think of like the last piece I listened to where I re- I really heard the beginning and the end uh Tchaik- Tchaikovsky for I was like, "Wait, that was pretty mm. boss." You know, <laughs> I feel like as much as I love seeing that like knowing the end before the beginning um in this I it's something and it's probably why I do that. It's something I'm not able to do in my music. Mm. Um if I if I know like a cue that has to be a certain way, you know, I can work around that, but I the way my process is I am never I might even find a middle before the beginning but the Mm. ending never happens like it doesn't happen until it happens for Mm. me I can't like you know figure it doesn't come first or like before anything else uh for me so that's probably why I like what reading the ends of chapters because Mm. that's one thing I can't I've tried. I've tried, you know. And it's like something, something. I'll be like, oh yeah, this is going to be the end. And I'm like, I'll keep working on like the beginning, and it'll get, and like, it'll coat, it'll fuse to the middle. Then all of a sudden, I'm like, nope, that's not the end. Here's how. it, And like, mm. I never, I can never, never guess that before. How do you know that if something's done? Probably when I'm just tired of it. Unfortunately, <laughs> sometimes I'll be that. like enough. <laughs> I'll be off. sometimes I'll be like I can't deal. Um, but I. In another sense, and I mean, you know, there are definitely a lot more, you know, pragmatic musicians out there that are much more, you know, like logical. And I think, but for me, the ending it's a very uh, illogical feeling. Actually, it's a like my one of my friends actually is, like, I would a tangle a string quartet, and she watched me, uh, Jocelyn, and she saw me actually get to the end because it's like. Me, it's very physical like I'm literally like kind of it feels like I'm shaking and vibrating on a different frequency as I'm getting it because I can hear it that's one time where I cannot just jot the note down of what to do when I get back mm-hmm. to it I am compelled it's a very physical feeling and when I get that feeling that's when I know this is a double bar line that's it mm-hmm. like that's there, this is my ending even if I go back change some things in the middle change some things in the beginning it goes to this and it's been for that for every piece it's been that physical feeling and so I kind of just trust that at that point but also I get tired of it
0: <laughs> I love that what a great oh that's awesome yeah. that's really cool it's really
2: cool yeah that's yeah. Yeah, yeah. like that's something I, I kind of understood before I understood it I was just I didn't question it when it happened like when I put my first pieces, and then as I kept going on, I kind of learned how to like let that guide me, even as like I'm working in a different scale now.
1: Mm-hmm. It's that it's that intuition, and I think
2: we just know when something's
1: done, we like you know, and we we welcome yeah. we welcome the feedback mm-hmm. and the criticism, of course, but mm-hmm. like there's something to say for that for that intuition. That was something for a long time. I personally was really scared to use because I thought I had to like adhere to a different style of composition. Um, I completely agree. Yeah. Finally getting to to trust and use that instinct Mm -hmm. is a really, really special tool. And um, I think, uh, yeah, it's something really special for all all artists.
2: Yeah. It's crazy because it's like something, I don't know if it can be taught. I think you can be taught how to listen to yourself I mean Mm -hmm. it's a hard journey um but having you know that intuition in itself is something you know if someone just doesn't have it I'm absolutely positive there are ways to work around that I don't question it and I think they also create great art but like that kind of like that kind of like sense and like just like because I mean as an artist and I mean like I'm a person who likes to plan out like like months in advance Mm -hmm. so how is it like I'm supposed to be okay with like like, and all of a sudden, just like, oh, I just feel like it's a feeling that it's the end. Like, can you imagine <laughs> right. people trying to put argue it's that in so court? So logical, like, hold up <laughs> in court. <laughs> like, right, Before but thankfully like, like, we're in know, the arts. Like, I'm gonna, right, art court. You know, just like I'm gonna call a recess. <laughs> you know so yeah it's like for me like like i have an extremely i think logical brain and like that's the one part like i think of me where i don't question i let it happen and that took like, again like rebecca said it takes a lot to trust that because thinking like oh no but it doesn't f- but someone else might do it this way so i'm gonna need to add something else fine mm-hmm. it's like no it's done
1: mm-hmm. you know
2: and they like, kind of trusting that that's hard yeah. it's really hard to like hone in
1: and standing by that choice um yeah. too
2: oh when they question you, you and you're like it. well if it's a question I must change it and it's like no, it's different then, if you're working
1: you? with like yeah. for a film and you have the director's vision to worry about if of course if they want to change something
2: mm-hmm.
1: especially when it's for your own music yeah um mm-hmm. stand right. by that if you if you if you are really firm in that because
2: um, that's your that's your vision. That's your music. Exactly. Like but with like, using that with directors is kind of difficult. Like I I did have a, su- a successful kind of version with that happening though, where it's been like, you know, he's like, well, can we try something? I'm like, listen. I'm gonna tell you, you know, this is obviously up to you, but I'm gonna tell you why this musical choice is based on the notes you gave me for this, like this cut. And here's why. And honestly, as I broke it down, both from the film side of it, but also how the music worked, like he honestly, like it was a great collaboration because he listened and he understood why. And at that point, and I honestly, it got like, great reviews. And I was like, you know, it's hard, it's hard because the director is like the supreme you know that's it you know you don't go higher than that really but at the same time sometimes it's just like you hired me because you know that you don't know as much about music as I mm-hmm, do so mm-hmm, I'm mm-hmm. asking you to trust me mm-hmm. if you are still adamant like for this I'll let I'll do it but please trust me and that was the one time where he trusted me and it, and it turned out very very well
0: mm. And right, that's also awesome advice too like that you embedded there because I think it's being in a collaborative field, it can be kind of, like, overwhelming, too. Like, when do you decide, like, okay, I'm going to stick by what I said. How do you approach difficult, co- like, difficult um, collaborations where you might not see eye to eye with someone or it's hard to work with them?
2: Oh, man. I feel like that's something we'll be learning just when we're like 30 yeah. 40 50 60 like some yeah. I feel like at the end of the day even if you must part ways if you can do it respectfully because mm. aside sad, as sad as aside as sad as it is it's so easy to just get completely shut out of this industry whether you deserve it or not you know um and so you really never want to burn a bridge because one project with that director might be terrible but another one later on mm. could be like be it And like we kind of learned that with the relationship between James Cameron and James Horner, I believe, uh, where they had mad beef um, and then they came back together for Avatar. Yeah, they mm-hmm. between mm-hmm. it was Titanic where they had the beef, and then when they came back to Avatar, still one of the most iconic scores, seriously. Yeah. And you know, wow. you know, James Horner, rest in peace, like you know, yeah. he he makes a lasting he made a lasting mark mm-hmm. as well. And so I kind of I feel like after we kind of we talked about that in one of our court classes, you know, and I feel like once I understood that, I was like, even if I have to make a dartboard with your picture on it, I'll just never tell you that and I'll never show you that. <laughs> yeah. I will leave you with grace. Yeah. I, will, I will leave you with grace, you know, at least, um, you know, and I hope, you know, they do the same, but, you know, as sensitive as it is to work with the arts and how to collaborate, I think ultimately knowing most of the time, it really isn't personal, like, yeah, it's, the, right. it's the thing, yeah. like, yeah, it's got to be a disconnect, and that's so weird, because I was like, how can I make great art if there's a disconnect, no, you can there's got to be for your, for your sanity, there's got to mm-hmm.
0: be, I love yeah. how you said that yeah yeah
2: 100% I mean you can we can always work on side passion projects and that's fantastic but like when it comes to like your your part of the art being dependent on someone else's and vice versa if you since we're not the top of the food chain if we can't step away from it it's going to just cause nothing but problems Mm. you know Mm. you know and so that's kind of something I had to learn and I think I do it pretty well but not too well I don't want to be like completely just like nonchalant about it I do care (laughs) Yeah, you know no, it's more like a it's more it's like a niece instead of like my daughter you know yeah
0: yeah yeah
2: yeah, yeah. is that a weird yeah. thing to say <laughs> no like, I, I think I love it, it, love it works when you do care you love the yes. like family but right. it's like you know am right. I paying your college tuition no No. you know it's kind of like that <laughs> yes. yes
0: especially in this country my god yeah right god <laughs> so that,
1: that kind of um segues really nicely into my next question and then what, what I really want to ask you about um, is do you feel that there are any holes in the industry right now, either when it comes to collaboration or when it comes to, to anything else
2: really specific to film music? I do think one of the holes right now in the industry, I think if this makes sense, is the ability the ability to be creative. Um, Mm. at least we're talking about the Hollywood dominated industry, because right now, Hollywood, And I mean, I understand why they're this way. They're here to make the bucks, you know? They want the return on the investment of making these, you know, huge project Mm -hmm. films. Um, They're not really liking the risk of a lot of independent writers and directors right now. That's Mm -hmm. just not it. They'd rather do remakes and Mm -hmm. continue, like, some series like Indiana Jones that don't need to be continued. Um, (laughs) Or Mission Impossible. Like, we get it, Tom. Uh, We get a mission. It's impossible. Oh, but wait, he made it possible. It's not a plot twist anymore. I feel like you
0: should have taught all <laughs> like, of my film classes. Like I would have gotten through college
2: so much quicker. <laughs> honestly, it would Truth. have been much more economical. Yes. No, yes. but I feel like, I honestly feel like when it, and the thing is, I mean, as much as the other, like, in film industries and other countries are rapidly rising it's still not quite the power of Hollywood at the moment Mm -hmm. and so I feel like right now if we talk about that's the kind of idea you know that you know gets the priority when it comes to the films when we talk about the film music we are I think in a way I wouldn't call it stuck because you can choose to do whatever you want it just does have its repercussions um we have a certain kind of formula that they always want and is Mm -hmm. often mimicking you know the big names that we have all already here, I think what they do is great. They are the masters of their style. It makes no sense for us up and coming to try to emulate their style because why would you ask for us when you us because when you can get them, oh, you know? Yeah. Yeah, you know, 100%. they're still here. They're still here, but at the same time, most people don't think they're going to get noticed unless you sound like them. Mm -hmm. It's a horrible like circle cycle cycle there. You know, and I feel like so that's what I feel like is a huge hole. And personally, what I kind of have been like interested in is kind of exploring the other countries' industries. It's like, hey, y'all need music, you know, Mm -hmm. because you know, they take so much more risk. Korean film, Japanese Mm -hmm. film, Mm -hmm. Bollywood film. Mm -hmm. There are so many amazing independent writers they're like and i mean with korean film i watch so many dramas and the thing is if they're going to have the same tropes happening the writing has to be amazing for people to buy it over and over again and it is you know like you know my everyone loved um squid games if only they knew that's just the tip of the iceberg of korean dramas my
0: friend a good friend of mine irish harvey said the same thing where it was like you know Squid Queens is great, but it's like the first mass marketed death game in America. Mm -hmm. If you only knew what other death games are out there.
1: Same thing happened with Parasite too. Like everyone was like, oh my God and if this only they knew is, and then everyone like forgot about it <laughs>
2: yeah they just like no, stopped going, oh this was critically acclaimed and then they leave it alone and I'm like please just understand production companies these are the scripts that are sitting in your office collecting dust mm. these mm-hmm. these ones that are killing the game are the ones that you are passing over mm-hmm. you know and the thing is like if we as musicians it's not like I mean i sure we could I guess write our scripts I'm not gonna say they're gonna be good though but like <laughs> like <What's> got <everything>, to that <laughs> everything starts with this one time at band camp just kidding <laughs> (laughs) But (laughs) I feel like, you know, like for us to be able to explore our creative side and use so much more Mm -hmm. that we're able to, people are like, why is the score sound so canned? Because the 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 film is, Mm -hmm. the film is the same way. We reflect with the film. We can't just go out and do crazy things. You know, some Mm -hmm. of the most like really unique scores are attached to some really unique films, Mm -hmm. and I think that's the hole that for me at least bugs me the most. That's like my let's just like if I could just like if we could unlock just a tiny bit. I'm not saying all the budget goes to indie films, but like just like one percent of the budget.
0: Sorry, you're speaking my language.
2: I'm like yeah, you really are hitting. I that's for me because I'm like. it's always a question of how do I make sure I don't get burned out how do I get to like the work Mm. I love you know Mm -hmm. um and still get to like you know rise in the ranks and I feel like that's that's kind of it like I like it when I learn something new about myself on the new project I'm not going to do that if I'm doing the projects that I just easily do well you know
0: right right right
2: yeah Yeah.
1: you mentioned that everyone wants to emulate the big names which is so true um I mean how many briefs do you get and it's like okay uh like Hans Zimmer's Interstellar or Thomas yeah. Mann's American
2: Beauty. And I was like, okay, um, you want an organ. Okay.
1: Right. <laughs> but those big names, John Williams, he was a jazz pianist. That's how he got into the industry. Hans Zimmer was not a band. That's how he got in. And he, you know what? He turned an orchestra into a rock band. Like each of these really well-respected composers have something that makes them unique. And I think when you allow yourself to get, to or give yourself the grace to have that creativity with your own music, you find your voice, You find what's in your toolbox, and
2: that's what sets you apart. And I think that one one of the things is like you don't discover what what makes your sound unique without making massive mistakes. You got Mm. to, you have to, you have to make some absolute crap music. I'm sorry, like you, you gotta like have a like a piece where you play you play it back to yourself, where you're like, good god, like just like (laughs) no way. You have to, you know. And I think that's the thing. Is like, do I think you know like the Hans Zimmer's and the John Williams, like you you know, are played out, absolutely not, because they do what they do mm. amazingly, mm. because they took the time to, like, get there and develop them. I think if you wanted to, like, get, like, an idea of how eventually to start, sure, emulating them is great, but that can't be your only plan. If you emulate them and then ask, okay, I made this, like, in orchestration style of John Williams, how do I now, you know, change it so it kind of feels more like something I'd want to do? Yeah. That's when you start getting Back into your voice, we can learn, we should learn from them like Hans Zimmer took like a. A business style of the pop music industry and made it like work for him in the film. No one can argue that he's not innovative. No one can argue that, I mean, I think D minor, we can rest a little bit, but I do think
1: no one can ever write
2: a piece in D minor. You can't. He has (laughs) has (laughs) D minor minor. copyrighted. That's his copyrighted key. You can't do it. We heard it here first. (laughs) Oh my God. That would be great on a shirt. (laughs) <laughs> you know, but I think, yeah. you know, like taking those risks and saying, oh, man, that didn't go well, because that's how you figure out, okay, well, if that didn't work, what can I do to make mm-hmm. it work? You know, that's when you have to do that. And I do notice that, you know, there are a lot of egos when it does come to composing and film composing. No one wants to feel like they don't have it all together. It's like, in a way, very, like, it's very difficult to, like, let yourself be vulnerable in this industry because you're like, yeah. well, I'll lose a job, you know, and I'm like, well, sad and scary that the only way to set yourself apart is to do you know do that vulnerable thing
0: you're unlocking so many different things in my brain right now um
2: (laughs) i I, love that
0: i well it was so interesting like an earlier conversation it's it's i don't want to give anything away because it just came out but i was watching I've, i've watched the french dispatch recently and the oh my god i just when you watch it please write to me because I feel like everything that we talked about, there's a segment of it about an artist, and so much of what we were talking about just reminded me of that little segment in the film. Um, I can't give it away, but uh, but it was about it's about being kind of like what you're saying, like like you know, like you have to put yourself, like you have to put like your own self into something and be vulnerable. I think it's I think what you're saying about creativity is so. Like, on point, because, and about, like, how it, it's almost, I think both of you were saying this before, there's, like, the cycle that you get trapped in, but you think about all the great movies and, and about all the great film scores and movies, and it, there's something that's unique and different, and it sets them apart and makes you wanting more.
2: Yeah, because like, I'm going to be clear, like Rebecca knows my favorite type of film. She knows the film I've watched like a hundred times and I will still watch again. Uh, Transformers Dark of the Moon. Listen, I'm not saying I don't love like, you know, sci-fi action, all these other films. I'm saying if you're asking me what would build me to be bigger and better, it's mm-hmm. probably not going to be those. It's the thing. Like, mm-hmm. it might be the workload that I'm like, okay, I'm going to learn how to do that. But if it's something that makes me think outside the box, not quite you know Mm -hmm. um except for okay well there's battleship where they use like the sample mri machine i think that's so cool actually Yeah, yeah yeah but like outside of that like you know like i am i don't think i'm an elitist or a snob when it comes to movies i can literally marathon jurassic park over and over, mm-hmm. and, <laughs> over and over yes. again mm-hmm. and that's also one of my happy movies you know <laughs> i definitely don't think that but i do think you know while those they have their place they're mm. they're made for enjoyment and yeah. that is equally as valid as like whatever movie sweeps the comp like the the award circuit like i think right, they're yeah. both va- important and yeah. both valid. you can't have one without the other yeah. um but if you're asking Kirk, like yeah. artist in me you know like where would I flourish and grow and become like a new level that I never would have seen myself it would be in like letting myself you know do those projects where I'm like hesitant like oh no this might be too big this might be too different might be too out of my box you know that's how you know I grow that's kind of I had a conversation with one of my students today about that because she wants Mm -hmm. to sing everything that she already knows yet she simultaneously wants to get better and develop her voice and I was like mm. you can't do both mm. you mm-hmm. can't do both like mm-hmm. you're you're already comfortable with those songs I'm not letting you pick them I'm sorry yeah. <laughs> we gotta push it if you yeah. think that's what you want and that's kind of how I had to like that's why I could say it with such confidence and I even shared with her I was like girl I was the same way I want to play Telemann all day I don't want to play nothing but baroque music my teacher <laughs> Dr. Boyce is like well Char is that what you're going to play in an orchestra and I'm like no like she's like okay you know she's like, like let's let's push that boundary a little bit and like yeah. she was right you know every yeah. you know everyone who's pushed me beyond what I was comfortable like they were right mm-hmm. and now I'm here telling the next generation of musicians the same thing because it's a part of it we could just do it in a healthier way yeah <laughs> that's, that's yeah that's but you have
1: to be adaptable and be comfortable stepping outside of the box mm-hmm. and be ready to do that and right um Those are the projects from which you learn the most in the end.
2: Yeah, because I mean, school does it for you. Like, you know, they'll tell you, okay, we're giving you this, whether you're comfortable with it or not. But what happens when you're in real life and now you're the one controlling what you take on now, you have to be the one to say, I might not, you know, be super comfortable. This might not be what I thought was in my range, but I'm willing to push it, you know, and try my best to do that. Um, That's like when you have to be the one doing, taking that lead and knowing that you need to do that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: We've spoken, we just had like a, a really great conversation about your take on the industry and being creative and taking on challenges. And honestly, that was such a great insight. And um, I I really loved just that past conversation. I kind of want to segue into something that's like brewing right now, <laughs> which is, which is a podcast you're starting with one of your good friends. Um, so what's it about um, and why did you choose to start it? And where can we hear more about it? All the good stuff.
2: Literally in the bureaucracy of it now. We're starting to do our paperwork for it, mm-hmm. but we have decided, I think at this point to call it the Untalented podcast. And I will explain what that word means. <laughs> um, because for once, we're not like just taking a dump on ourselves. It's actually like it kind of spewed the idea for us doing a podcast. Kind of spewed from like us a, a conversation, which was a rant that we kind of had. Mm-hmm. Um, but we so my friend Haley Turner, she's amazing. She's currently finishing her master's degree at App State. Wow. Um, so also Boone, North Carolina, is so gorgeous. If anybody wants to travel there, mm-hmm. and like just especially mm-hmm. in the fall right now, the trees mm-hmm. and the mountains are turning colors so you just get ready to take pictures and cry that's gorgeous so beautiful from a person I'm a beach girl so for a person like me to say this like I that's, to huge. It's that's huge it's a lot it's a lot it takes yeah. a lot absolutely um so we were talking um because she was well, she finished her ed degree whilst I bailed and she was te- <laughs> she was teaching and then she went back to get her master's in vocal I believe pedagogy but if I'm incorrect mm-hmm. Haley will let y'all know um <laughs> And basically it was like one night I was sitting in a parking lot and I was, it's like when I'm, when I go home and visit, you know, I absolutely love seeing my family. Um, and they honestly only have like, you know, great things to say about me and to me, and it means so much, but there's like this kind of one word that just makes me tick a little bit. And it's, uh, it's you're so talented mm-hmm. um, because, you know, I know what they're saying, you know, that I'm good at what I do. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like from a creative standpoint, you know, talented kind of implies an effortless to it. And it doesn't necessarily, mm-hmm. I think to me highlight the amount of work uh mm. that actually kind of goes into continuing to improve and yeah. do what we do well um and so I, I just smile and i bear it but like me and hey i just texted Haley and i was like can i just i need to get this off my chest you know i just feel like you know i get it you know thank you for calling me talented it means so much but like i want someone to say wow you look like you're working really hard instead you know just to like acknowledge that it's not just something that's like sprinkled on you from the muses no Well, it might be, if Mises thank you, I guess. I don't know. Um, (laughs) But but like, no way, this like, it comes out of work. And so after that, we just kind of talked, we had a whole conversation about it. And like, it was like, what if this was a podcast where we, and we kind of spiraled. So our podcast, we kind of want to talk about kind of these topics in the industry, but especially in academia, um, we have so many, you know, friends that we, you know, met in music school. Um, and there were some co- a lot of heavy conversations we would all have about, you know, the way we noticed things were either being taught to us or being organized around us. And we were just like, you know, listen, we get it. We're new you know, we're the, we're the youngest generation at this point. Um, and you guys have been doing this a long time taught by the masters. Absolutely fantastic. But you know, everything doesn't have to make you feel like you have to cry in your practice room or skip meals Mm. to get your practice hours Mm. in or that like, you know, God, it's so, it was so bad, you know, like, the, everything doesn't have to end up with us feeling like it's our health or our success Yeah. you know yeah yeah
0: yeah and so
2: yeah. we decided that what if we had a podcast like where it's not necessarily just ranting because we're angry but what if we just brainstormed, like based on different topics each week you know if this was like something we came across if this was something where we had to be the one to organize this how what were the what would the possibilities why would they work why would, would they not work if you wanted to change things um you know and we absolutely. absolutely. Absolutely understand, you know, the old side. It's hard. You know, classical music is a very, very old entity. You Mm -hmm. know, people do not like to break tradition. And the thing is, part of the tradition makes part of it so beautiful. You know, we can't deny Mm -hmm. that. But how can we keep going and make it more accessible, make it less daunting and, you know, like this really crude idea to other people? Because at the, I was like, listen, you know, elitism only goes so far if no one wants to bother with this our, we're gonna die out yeah. we need we we have to stay um mm-hmm. strong and vigilant and, and adaptable so that's kind of what our podcast is about just like two girl we i think our, our tagline right now is two girls one brain cell which is pretty accurate
0: can i share <laughs> something with you yeah so, this is so rebecca and i when we were younger. <laughs> definitely relate to this kind of sentiment (laughs) with your friends and it's like you know great minds think alike great minds right great minds think alike so one of my oldest dearest fastest friends um her name is Celine Zaneman and she's someone I met in Germany and um the she taught me the German expression recently recently (laughs) I would say six months ago or something like that and she goes she goes, zwei idioten gleicher Gedanke, which in English translates Thank to you. two idiots, the same thought. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I love this that, so that, that has become beautiful. our unofficial tagline because- I think that is so amazing because I think you know we can talk about heavy topics but listen I'm not like an academic I'm not someone who's <laughs> super worldly and ancient and like so I was like I'm just tossing. I want we're tossing it out here for people to think about not yeah. for them to say we're right or wrong we don't we don't really care. These are just our musings, you know? Yeah. Um, it sounds you know, awesome though. to offer a fresh perspective. On, yeah. on right. You know, yeah. because That's whether great. we like it or not, we're like all of our friends, you know, people we like you guys have also come across. We're rising to the top of our industry right now. Yeah. Um, and sometimes it's weird to think about it, but we're all, you know, I think primed and ready to take over at the helm when it's time. And we've all kind of, I think in our own ways have said, you know, some things we love, but some things have got to be better. And I think it's, we're now making, making these conscious choices to make them better and I think that's mm-hmm. kind of what this our podcast is also hoping to inspire in other people who want to listen yeah. I mean how great yeah. is it though that to circle back to
1: the very beginning of our conversation when you were thanking your teachers and thanking the people mm-hmm. that yeah. inspired you and now you are helping I,
2: to this. Oh, um, so many other yeah. people inspire a younger generation in a healthier way all I can hope, you know, I mean, I'm not gonna lie and say I'm not hoping for a Grammy, definitely hoping for a Grammy. But beyond that, all I can hope is that any person, you know, that was so key, like you know, my cousin the Lawrences, like my cousin who taught me organ when I was in church, Charlie. And so, you know, my every you know, teacher, Miss Thurston, Miss Brazzle, uh, Dr. Bowles, Miss Um, I'm blanking right now, Miss Miss You know, Mr. Spittler, you know, any teacher that directly taught me and had such a role, I can only hope that what I do and what I say and how I move forward in this industry and help others makes them proud, you know, Mm -hmm. because, you know, they are why I'm here. First of all, I was taught by so many strong and amazing women, you know, like in this industry, phenomenal conductors. And I can only hope that as I now prepare, you know, as we level up and get into this place where we actually have power to one protect mm-hmm. themselves, but then also make the changes you know they you know look at me and remember me as a student and actually feel like you know they did good like, they're proud that i was a student that's that's like the best thing i can hope for
0: yeah what I'm a sure beautiful they, I'm sure they will and i'm yeah.
1: i know they are i'm sure they, they, they do they already are. you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's you know that's the uh, feel like the greatest uh success in life yeah. is yeah not like what you uh, accomplish and not the physical things you attain, but what you mm-hmm. leave behind behind. Yeah. Your yeah.
2: Um, like that's just kind of how I move forward. You know, I am never going to claim to not make mistakes. You know, I'm going to make bad calls. I'm going to get mm-hmm. tired. You know, I'm going to need to take a break, but I do know, I hope ultimately it all adds up together to left a good, to either continuously give good impacts, but also to leave a good impact at the end of the day as well.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What a beautiful way to like end, wrap good. up our conversation. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Shal, well, this has been an honor. Yeah. Thank, I, you, thank
2: you, uh, you, guys so much for having me on. I've been buzzing with excitement since it was <laughs> official. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, I, I, we've been again waiting for so long to have you so on. So long, yeah. We <laughs> would love it if you could sign off, say your name where people can find you on social media and if you have anything to like share about your podcast and like when that will be coming out any information about that as well you can also put in your
2: little outro so, thank you guys for listening to this quite, I think, you know, great conversation. Uh, <laughs> once again, I am Shar Um, You can find me at SharJ You can find me on Instagram. My handle is Shar Makes Epic Music. Um, it's a bit bitmoji. If you found it, you found the right one. Um, <laughs> and for upcoming news about the Untalented podcast, you can find it on Instagram at untalented podcast uh we'll be on other social media soon it's just because we're working on it it's little by little but we're we gonna understand. get
0: there we yeah. Under- yeah. how can i understand we're, oh trust me it is a journey <laughs> it, is. It, it takes a lot <laughs> it almost takes it a does. village it definitely does it does oh you know?
2: yeah. right, thank you guys so much for having so me much. thank you this for was so on. fun oh, good. i looked for the t- forward to this all day like i'm so thankful oh, so, so did thankful. i, I. And I just want to say y'all's podcast is like literally covering so many amazing things like y'all are making a huge reach and I I feel honored to be a part of it
1: thank you so much to Char for coming on it was a long time coming and we can't yeah, wait seriously to, yeah we cannot wait to hear more about uh untalented uh which is a great podcast. name for a podcast
0: I'm so such stoked. a great
1: name and yeah. I love the meaning behind it and getting to to hear about the inspiration behind that
0: just such a good conversation in general about Seriously, being an artist about being a composer about being creative,
1: being creative what it means yeah. to be creative and yeah. pushing your pushing yourself outside of your box and pushing those boundaries. And
0: I'm going to be thinking about it, like I said, all week. Like seriously, yeah.
1: Good, good. things to ruminate on, um, oh,
0: and Char's our 24th episode, which is my lucky is number. So I am like, I'm pretty stoked. I'm so happy.
1: I fun fact. For some reason, for like the past few years, I've always been writing down the number 24, like randomly. It's just like whenever I do. It is.
0: I don't want to say anything, but it's the perfect number. And I have. It, it, it's, it's nice. To <laughs> it's tied to my birthday. It's tied to your birthday. It's tied to my birthday. I have the perfect number for my birthday. You know, whatever.
1: If you'd like to learn more about Shar and see some of her work, um, you can check out her website, which is com, or check out her Instagram at Char Makes epic music. And um, she also has SoundCloud, which we'll be sure to link in our episode Mm -hmm. description.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, If you are a featured artist or would like to come onto our show, and you already know that you're a featured artist. I don't know why I keep saying it like this. (laughs) But if you would like to come on our show, you can always DM us uh, or send us an email. Our email is thepodcastimperfect at gmail.com. You can find us on Instagram. where We'll also be posting about Char and her work um, at thepodcastimperfect. And you can also find us on our website, thepodcastimperfect.com. If you would like to follow me on Instagram because you're so inspired (laughs) to. Which you you all should. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, I'm quiet, open space, all one word and
1: i'm rebecca at rebecca Nisko music and um and her yeah it's
0: amazing and you should follow her as well
1: <laughs> stop uh, <laughs> I,
0: <laughs> no. we're just um, so late we're both getting so mushy and emotional
1: my voice is slowly going so it's really funny because we started out our Zoom call, talking about, like, sexy, raspy oh!
0: voice. And now I ended up with a raspy <laughs> voice. I made myself laugh. If if, um, if anyone hasn't already, you have to watch The French Dispatch. I will shamelessly be plugging this movie. I think it's... We'll be linking it around. <laughs> okay. Honestly, I'll be thinking about this movie for so long. Um, yeah. It's such a good movie, so do yourself a favor. Watch it. <laughs> I can't wait to
1: watch it with Kara, because it'll be the best experience getting to watch it with you <laughs> Thank you. so thank you we anyway to do that sometime soon but anyway yeah. we we hope you have a beautiful day um and a, a, beautiful week, and a beautiful
0: evening and a lovely week, yeah.
1: evening thank you so I much mean, for listening yeah thank you <laughs>
0: what else is there to say thank you what?
1: yeah but Ooh. thank you <laughs>